0: This is Autoline Daily for June 6, 2011, and now the news. Everyone is complaining about the price of oil these days, even the Saudis. In an interview on CNN, Saudi Prince Al-Walid bin Talal says that he wants lower oil prices in order to discourage the United States and Europe from looking for alternative sources. He says, and I quote, We don't want the West to go and find alternatives because, clearly, the higher the price of oil goes, the more they have incentives to go and find alternatives, he says that the price of oil should be somewhere between 70 and 80 dollars a barrel. Currently, it's over 100. Prince Talal blames the political unrest in the Middle East and disruptions in dis- in supply due to that unrest as the causes for higher oil prices. Well, we just got the latest details on the all-new BMW 1 Series. This entry-level BMW now shares a platform with the larger 3 Series, and as a result, it gains interior and cargo room. Power plants will include two direct-injected turbocharged four-cylinders capable of 136 and 170 horsepower, at least in their U.S. trim. Other customers will also have two diesels to choose from, including the two-liter shared with the 3 Series and 5 Series. All engines come standard with a 6-speed manual or optional ZF 8-speed automatic with stop-start technology and regenerative braking. On the interior, the littlest BMW gains more refined appointments and soft-touch materials compared to its predecessor, according to Autoblog.com. One thing that hasn't changed, the 1 Series will retain rear drive, making it one of the only rear drive cars in its segment. Mark Royce, GM's president of North America, says the company will not turn to incentives to reduce big stockpiles of pickups. According to Wards, dealers are sitting on about a 122-day supply of Chevy Silverados, while the GMC Sierra is at roughly 116 days. Remember, the ideal inventory level in the U.S. is about 60 days. Royce would not comment on how the company plans to adjust its production or pricing strategies to better match demand. But in any case, it doesn't sound good for GM. Even so, compared to the competition, they're not really that out of whack. The light-duty Ram is sitting at about 93 days, and the Ford F-Series at 80. And no one's buying the Nissan Titan. There's a 199-day supply of them hanging around. And the story is much the same for the Toyota Tundra at 143 days. You know, kind of ironic, the Japanese are struggling to increase their inventory of cars. Bill Ford has gone on record as saying whoever replaces Alan Mulally as CEO of the company will come from Ford's existing executive ranks. They're not going to recruit someone from the outside. So who will Mulally's replacement be? Let's take a look at the short list. Every day this week, I'll show you who the top candidates are, and I'll pick who I think will be the next CEO on Friday's show. And today we start with the chief financial officer, Lewis Futh. Born in Liverpool, England, his father was a car dealer, so he grew up on the retail side of the business. He later got an engineering degree, so he knows what it takes to engineer a car. Indeed, he's a true gearhead and loves motorsports. His career saw him take a series of management positions in Ford of Europe in product development, manufacturing, finance, and sales. After that, he moved to the United States in the 1990s, where he went through a very similar rotation, always moving up the corporate ladder. He later became head of Ford's Asia-Pacific and African operations, including a stint as the president of Mazda, and then he went back as chairman and CEO of Ford of Europe. Clearly, Lewis Booth has all the experience and skills to become CEO. In fact, God forbid if Alan Mulally were to step off a curb and get hit by a bus, Lewis Booth could step into that role this afternoon without missing a beat. But there's only one thing that could prevent Booth from succeeding Mulally. He turns 63 years old later this year, and traditionally most top execs retire at 65. And while Ford does not have a mandatory retirement age, this could clearly hinder Lewis Booth from taking the CEO position. Coming up next, we'll take a look at how the auto industry and the EPA are training a new generation of engineers to make more fuel-efficient vehicles. How do you grow a whole new generation of engineers who know how to work on hybrids and fuel cells and EVs and biofuels? Well, one way to do it is to create a competition amongst engineering schools to see who can do it the best. The US EPA is sponsoring a competition called EcoCars. And in the following clip, Chris Grundler from the EPA explains what it's all about.
1: And what you're looking at here is uh, one of the original EcoCars. Uh, we talked earlier about. These. But explain that again. What is this Eco Car okay. Competition? So this is an uh, engineering competition which is involving I think 16 universities across North America, including two Canadian universities. We're a sponsor. The Department of Energy and General Motors are the, the main sponsors. And it's a very exciting proposition. Three-year program where these students are getting real-world practical experience in how to do a new vehicle program. So in year one they're, they're taught how to use modeling tools to simulate the best strategy they want to employ. Year two, they're they're given a free, uh, high-quality General Motors vehicle to to change, Um, and that's when we come in. Uh, Year two and year three involve testing, and so last year we were out at the Proven Grounds in Arizona testing vehicles for emissions and fuel economy using our portable emission measurement systems. And now, at the end of year three, they're going through very rigorous uh, set of testing over the last two weeks, both here and at the Proving Grounds in Milford. What's happening here is the official emissions test and fuel economy test on the different student configurations. And they vary widely. Some students are using hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. Others, are, there's a pure electric vehicle. Uh, there are a lot of hybrid vehicles using biofuels. And that's what this cell can do. It can handle any kind of fuel, any kind of powertrain, weights up to 14,000 pounds, and um, it's a very, very useful cell for us. It's terrific to see the future being developed right here in front of me. It is. It's uh, it's just great. Uh, the the atmosphere last week and this week has just been electric. Pun intended. <laughs> but these students are just providing a huge amount of uh, energy. Uh, uh, my people are just having a a lot of fun uh, working with them and teaching them about how dynamometer and emissions testing works, and um, it's just a win-win for everybody. And these students uh, uh, are getting lots of job offers this week.
0: (laughs) Even better to hear.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Chris, thanks so much for taking me around the EPA lab here. Fascinating to see all the different technologies and testing that you're
1: doing. Enjoyed it. Thanks for coming by. We should
0: have the final results from the EcoCar competition sometime this week. And that's today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow with another installment in the race to replace Malali.